Welcome to Truckee Podcast. My name is Sebastian. This podcast is all about trucking. We love diesel engines, semi-trucks, being on the road, and freedom. So let's go. Hi, welcome to Truckee Podcast. My name is Sebastian. My special guest today is Chris Jolly, the freight coach. That's What's up, up, brother? What's going on, man? Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for coming. Dude, absolutely. I'm, in, you, I'm in Chicago. I know. Like what I, are you doing here, man? I'm actually at the JOC, the Journal of Commerce, has their uh, inland distribution conference going on downtown, and they invited me to come out and do my live show from their event. And yeah, man, it's uh, it's just wild now being two and a half years into this whole content creation thing about what this can all grow into. And I know we talked about that when you were on my podcast as well, man, about yeah. just that that consistency and like the most important piece about business and really everything is just not fucking quitting. Yeah. You know? So so we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. I'm going to slow you down a little all bit. Right. All, all right. All right. So tell me first what you do. Yeah. What do you, what's your what's your specialty? And then we'll talk about a podcast a little bit too. Yeah. So my, my specialty is freight brokerage. And I know for all the drivers out there who are watching this right now, they're probably like, oh, fuck this guy already. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know the rap that brokers get and you know, I, uh, I've been in the industry my entire life. Like my uh, great grandparents, when they immigrated from Germany, they started a trucking company in Iowa back in the thirties. And then my old man, he was an owner op. He drove for 40 years and I got into the industry. I always wanted to drive trucks ever since I was a little kid. I think every, every son who grows up with their dad as a truck driver wants to drive trucks growing up. But that was the one job that my dad told me he never wanted me to do. Yeah. Like, it was like the one thing, man, where he was always like, no. Like every time I wanted to do I'm like, dad, teach me how to drive. He's like, no. Interesting. Why do you think? I think, it, you know, he, he didn't want that life for me. He, wanted, he yeah. wanted me to do something more with it. And, you know, it could have also been the fact that he realized that, you know, because like my dad, you know, man, he, he suffered from addiction for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And he had a direct tie to driving in his addictions. And I don't think... I think that that was his way of not knowing that I wouldn't go down that same path of falling into drugs and driving yeah. and everything. Cause Protecting you from, from, yeah. From that. Yeah, I see it because, you know, I think I told you I drove, right? Yeah. Uh, so that, that loneliness behind a wheel is really, it's really tough. It's, yeah. And I uh, mentioned, like, if I ever can do anything to help, truckers kill the time better or with like truckers again i don't sorry i don't want to put um generalize too much but there's a lot of guys that struggle with mental health and if you put them in the truck for a long time it's and i've i've had that right so that's why i feel compassionate about drivers spending so much time but that's that's what i'm assuming is probably was one of the things that he wanted to protect you from right like the long hours mental i mean exhaustion and Right. So, well, I mean, that's and, a, and that's the thing, man, is like, cause I, I only know truckers, you know, like all my dad's buddies were truckers, all of yeah. them, but they all said the same thing too. You know, they're like, you don't want this life. You yeah. don't want this life. They all, you know, it, it, and I think that it's, it's not the job or the work itself. It's what you're describing right there. It's that isolation yeah. that comes with the job that, you know, and then the mental health, the, the stuff that nobody wants to talk about that, you know, a lot of drivers, again, I'm not trying to generalize here, but I know that a lot of drivers suffer from, you know, cause it's like, even as a broker, you know, like you get that where you're talking to drivers, sometimes they don't want to hang up the phone 
you know, yeah. but then again, you're also like that. Now that you're looking back, it's like, I might be the only person that person is actually, that driver's actually talking to in a yeah. day. Or I might have been the first person that day that actually showed that driver an ounce of respect. Mm -hmm. And they're like, please don't, don't stop talking. Yeah. Or they're just at a point, uh, that's one, but it's almost like the, you know, bartender's job, right? You're there, somebody's listening to you, you yeah. know how to listen. And then when you find that connection, I'm assuming, because I'm trying to think, I wouldn't even call my wife because I didn't want to not only, you know, take up her time, but I just didn't want her to feel that I was sad behind a wheel. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, you can't call, like, I didn't want to call my wife. You're not going to call your friends because then you're going to be pissed off because they're doing something yeah. somewhere, right? So then you talk to other truckers yep. and other truckers just keep repeating the same song over and over again. How hard it is, how shitty it is sometimes. And so I just listen to podcasts, but then audiobooks. But so, 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 so tell me more what, what happened. So you were like, okay, your dad was like, you're not going to do this. Yeah. So I got in, like when I went to school, I went to college and I like, I loaded trucks in college and that's how I got in. Cause like, I, I wanted to be a part of the industry no matter what, like mm -hmm. I, I had to be in it. And so I started loading trucks in college, you know, just like a lot of people who come from a working class family is, you know, I went to school full time and I worked full time at the, you know, but I was also a dumbass and took out student loans at the same time because, yeah. you know, 20 year old Chris is like, Oh wait, they're going to give me money and I can drink beer. Like, of course. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, so I, I did that. And then when I graduated college, I, I moved out West because I needed to get out of the bubble. You know, I grew up in small town, USA, little farming town in Northern Wisconsin. And my older brother lived out in Reno, Nevada, him and his wife. And so like I packed up my truck, I got hired at a freight brokerage over the phone and I headed out West. And that's when I got my start in the industry. And I started out in carrier sales and I was a broker for about 10 years. And then it was early 2020. And I had, man, I just felt like I had accomplished everything I could as a broker, you know, like yeah. I, I knew I wanted more for myself. I didn't know what it looked like. And, you know, this is the beauty of going through the journey of self-discovery and everything else. So like I thought at the time as I was like, all right, I want to go and work for tr a trucking company. I want to learn that side of the business. And my plan was to do that for five to seven years and then make a C-suite play somewhere. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I've been in for 17 years at that point yeah. and, and do that. And then so like I had a bunch of interviews lined up. I resigned from my job on a Monday. And by Thursday, COVID was COVID. And by Friday, like literally in unison in my inbox, we'll talk to you in July, we'll talk to you in July, we'll talk to you in mm -hmm. July. And that's when I was like, fuck, I just moved to Arizona with my wife and my son. Beginning of a pandemic, I'm out of a job and I'm like, what the hell am I gonna do with my life here? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And but that's when I got on social media. Like, and I was like, all right, my plan was I, I just gotta be candidate number one everywhere. And I, like, I can't overemphasize the power of networking and getting to know people and knowing somebody everywhere, you know? Mm -hmm. And cause it, 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 like, that's where I realized, cause like, I, I, you know, I was isolated when I started cause I worked for like the second largest freight broker in North America. And I was like, oh, everybody knows who I am. Couldn't have been further from the truth, man. Yeah. And when I got on social media though, like I was like, all right, I've got, got to be candidate number one everywhere. But like, that's when I realized how much garbage was out there for content, like practical information in this industry mm -hmm. from a content perspective. It was all too easy, you know? It was always the, oh, just call the shipper. You get this freight, you find a truck and become a millionaire. And I'm like, either Fife was fucking terrible at my job <laughs> for yeah. 10 years, yeah. or I have a lot more people out there who realize that it's not that easy. And yeah. so I just started posting about my experience, man. And the one thing that I realized that was missing was 
what do you do when things went wrong? Like it was, it's, it's always easy to talk about when you're winning, you know, like, oh, when I had all these customers and I was making all this money, but what do you do when something goes wrong or truck breaks down or there's a load that gets damaged or, you know, a, a, a shipper rips out the sidewall of a, inside of a dry van because yeah. the forklift driver doesn't, and somehow it's the driver's fault now, but that's a different conversation yeah, yeah, to yeah. have. Yeah. But you know what I mean? And it's like, I was just like, well, wait a second. Like, wh- why is none of this information out there? Or why isn't anybody talking about that? It's not fucking easy to s- make sales calls, yeah. you know? And I, so I just started talking about all the shit that I went through, man. Like the mental struggles of getting told no 99 out of a hundred times yeah. and how you handle a lot of those situations. Yeah, but um, so tell me how from that, when you started doing that, how did you then started supporting yourself and what happened with your career and what like that, that type of yeah. platform that you created for yourself? So it was, I was probably like 30 days into creating, like putting out like a daily post, like that mm-hmm. was my thing. And then I, cause I had specialized in open deck and heavy haul for the last four years that I was brokering. And I'd put a post out there and I had a pretty large broker reach out to me at the time. And they're like, hey, can you talk to one of our sales reps about this? Because we want to offer this, but nobody in our company has ever done it before. And I'm like, all right, I'll talk to this guy thinking like they're they're just going to offer me a job to to do this. And fortunately, no job offer came after I talked to this guy. But that's when the light bulb in my head went off. That like, fuck, if these guys need help with sales and operations training, who else needs help with sales and operations training? Mm -hmm. And like, I'm not a business coach or anything like that. I don't work. I I just work with freight brokerages and trucking companies because that's what I've done. You know, like that's my niche. That's my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. I, I know the industry. Like I'll put my industry experience up there with just about anybody's, you know. And I, that's when I started doing uh, content. Like I started a podcast as well because my whole thought process at the time was is I'll have all my prospects come on as guests. We'll build up familiarity and everything will be great. Couldn't have been further from the truth, man. Again, like I, nobody knew who I was, yeah. you know? So it was like I was putting out content all the time. And I, I mean, shit, man, I didn't make any money in business for the first 12 months, you know, I was living off of my savings account and I delivered pizzas as well, you know, yeah. because again, I got a family to feed. I'm yeah. like, I, the way that I see it at this point in my life, Sebastian, if you judge me by what I drive, where, what I wear and what I do, I already don't like you, man. Yeah. You can fucking keep your opinion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's good. I like that story, man. So, so tell me how did you, so you started creating your podcast and mm-hmm. content. When did you, when did you start seeing something trickle in and start having traction in, in your own business? Oh, fuck, man, it was probably 13, 14 months in by the time I got to a point where I broke even okay. for the first month. And then the real traction in my, I wanna say my, where, where I was like, holy shit, I'm onto something was probably 17, 18 months in. And how long are you in right now? I'm just over probably two, two and a half years, two and a half years in. Okay. At this point, getting close to about two and a half years, April 27th of 2020 is when I filed my LLC. So I guess that was my official start date. So, you know, a little over two years in, and like I just now feel like I'm starting to scratch the surface of my potential. And Mm -hmm. that was when I, like, I truly went all, all in and I stopped, you know, because even early on, I was myself, but I wasn't like all the way in, you know, like I still kind of self censored. Uh, you know, on certain topics and everything. You else. swore less. Yeah, I swore less. Exactly, is what it was. Like I always kept it, you know, quote unquote, real, but not as like 
all in as what I went. But like, as soon as I stopped, like I really took my own handcuffs off yeah. is when that's when all the traction really started to gain, man. Cause I realized like people don't, it, at least in my opinion, they just want somebody to bring reality. Like they don't want sugar coated yeah. messages and canned responses. And mm. ironically, that's when like my viewership switched from like sales rep to C-suite. Mm-hmm. Like, cause like, like I'm like the large, the largest platform that I have a following on is LinkedIn mm-hmm. and they'll show the job title and oh, really? the location wow. and the company that they work for. Interesting. And it, that's when it all switched is mm-hmm. like, you know, cause like what I started to do is I do like a daily live show as well, where for 30 minutes I'll break down three industry headlines and I'll actually provide insight into what it means because there are some great journalists out there. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. There's some great information that's out there, but headlines are geared to get you to click on them. Yeah, you know, but like, what's the substance behind it? But a lot of people will only read a headline and they'll formulate an opinion out of it. And for me, it was just about like, you know, the big thing was earlier this year was essentially death to the the truck driver, you know, the bloodbath of the industry that was yeah. going to come and all these people are going to go out of business and everything else. And I took offense to that, you know, like I truly did because I'm like my dad, but like they're talking about my family, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, this isn't, I'm not going to say that there aren't real problems that come up in the industry, but don't fucking quit. And yeah. if you're going to, like, in the way that I see it, man, if you're going to, if, if you're really an entrepreneur, you know, if you call yourself an entrepreneur and a business professional and you're going to advocate for somebody to go out of business, man, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, this is, in, in my opinion, man, like, people come here to build their American dream and I'm living my American dream, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. I feel like it was my duty to, like, actually provide insight out there and leverage the network of people that I've gained over these last couple of years and have experts come on who, dude, like, I'm not a, trucking expert at the end of the day, man. Like I, there's people who know the asset game through and through. I have them come on and talk to it. People who know insurance, who know how to purchase a truck, a trailer, everything else, maintenance, all that stuff. I have those guys come on there and talk about that stuff. You know, like, like let's breathe some hope into this because yeah, like there's going to be some challenges, but don't quit. You know, just because somebody who's sitting on some fucking iron or ivory tower who could give two shits less about the American truck driver is going to sit there and, and paint a narrative Again, I'm not saying that the narrative isn't a real one, but not providing any substance behind it. And that was my big problem with a lot of the articles that do come out is there's no substance. It's just talking Mm -hmm. about like, oh, hey, that uh, that house is on fire. All right. Anyways, on to the next thing here. It's like you're not going to do anything about it, but you're going to proclaim that you care about the American truck driver when it's convenient for you. But you're going to advocate for them to sell their operation. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because you... You remember during COVID, the narrative in the media was the, the first time I've heard, and I've been doing this since 2008, yeah. w- where they started actually giving credits to truck drivers. And, oh, it's so important because of the supply chain is moving and we, we stay home and everybody's show the tr- truck drivers are showing up to work. And that started that wave of, um, hey, let's appreciate truck drivers, which is good, yeah. which is good. But what happens is um, everything everything has its ups and downs, right? Yeah. And I feel like um, how do we talk about a freight recession? Because it you can't ignore it. Yeah. Shit like this, it, it's happening right now. Yeah, of course. Right? So how do how do we? Because because I have an opinion ab- about what I would like to see in the industry and s- the small mom and pops. Uh, few truck operators, which is 90% of, of, yeah. of trucking companies in, in the U.S., 
how do you give them a voice, right? Yeah. Which is what, what I would like to do is, and I, that's why I, your podcast is uh, appealing to me as well because you do talk to the industry and, and, and that's what I think we need more of. Yes. Uh, and we've talked about it before uh, on your podcast. It was like, okay, um, how do we bring more of the, the small, not the typical big carriers, fleet owners, right? Yeah. How do you bring, out, bring, on, bring on that guy? that has five trucks, that has 10 trucks, that yeah. tells you how it is. I, and I, I, I own a shop, I had I just talked to a guy that has 10 trucks. And you know, it, things slowed out for him, but every, the, his entire family works in the business. Yeah. Right? He drives it with his wife as a team. Uh, his kids are helping dispatch the, 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 yeah. the trucks, man. It's like, and, and it's like, how do you address the downturn with, and, and prevent, because look, like to, in order to, handle all the capacity during COVID, we had to expend, yeah. right? So so that something has to give, right? Like the capacity that was created has to somehow now correct. Yeah. And that's what, that's what you know, what they're talking about, um, you know, people are going to go out of business, but, but would you agree with me that some people have to go out of business? I think it's inevitable that people are going to go out of business, but it's not going to be because of what a lot of people, it's not because of the market shift. It's because they don't know how to operate their company if you asked them what is your break-even point they don't know the answer to yeah, that they know the numbers you know yeah. and, and that's the thing is is it's like and i also challenge every freight broker out there as well you should have that conversation with the carriers that you're working with you should have an, a baseline understanding of what it costs to run a truck i think yeah. it helps you sell better i think it helps you you procure capacity better and help it I, I think it helps you gain more of a trust level with your customers as well the shippers the one who everybody wants to work with i think it brings a ton of value to that because you know it's not throwing darts against the wall i agree but one of my biggest brokers has no idea about the cost and they will never know and and not only they will never know that because it's, i shouldn't say that it's the willingness to go out and learn outside of your your little zone yeah. your little area right because it, it does take we have to if you're going to go out and understand how a trucking company operates and what's your break even point and what's your, um, you know, it, it takes so much that like you would, you have to, you have to run, you have to be, you be involved, work for a trucking company or own a trucking company. Other than that, nobody else is going to go out and out of their comfort zone and try to learn. I wish I, I agree with you. It yeah. would be great if they did because that would be a better service on both ends. Yeah. But but what do you do in cases where, I mean, you tell me as an ex-broker, right? The the rates drop so low, you gotta you gotta get a cut for yourself, and then you're giving a rate to a carrier. That's for him. It's a it's a it's a loss rate. He's at you know let's say dollar sixty, and he's losing money with every mile, mm -hmm. right? Like, what do you do in in a market like that when when it is so shitty that you still have to cover for yourself, but then like you're giving him you you know he's losing money. It's to me, it's this is I, I personally think that there is a lot of brokers, man, probably 90 percent of them. They don't even know how to broker. All right. They don't know okay. how to accurately price freight. They race to the bottom on things. And a lot of the lows that a lot of these guys are posting, man, chances are they probably don't even have the tender. They don't even have the BOL. They're just trying to find a price. Yeah. So they're they're starting. Because it's like, again, man, it's like if you look at a lot of these load postings, every single broker out there is posting the exact same lane, right? So they're all, it, it's a true spot market opportunity that's out there. A lot of the real customers that I've worked with in my career, 
they're not looking to save pennies every single day. They lose money when that freight doesn't move. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think going out there and trying to, to leverage the capacity that's out there in the market is again, man, some people are out there like they're, they're, they have such a short term memory. Like everybody made money in the last two years. All right, yeah. not just carriers did. Yeah. Brokers made a lot of money. The shippers lost money in these last couple of years. Oh, they're you they're know? getting it back right now. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're making, they're, but that's how the market operates yeah. though, man. But you're, my job as a broker, in my opinion, is you have trucks, man. All right, so if I'm working with you, my job is to lower, in a broker's market where, what it is right now, let's call it what it is, when the spot market is this way, my job, if I'm gonna effectively work and survive in this industry as a broker, is I wanna keep your rate as similar as possible the entire time. Mm -hmm. I wanna lower my price to my shipper to stay competitive, and I know that I'm going to make my money in volume. If I'm moving a commoditized product like a dry van or a reefer or a legal flatbed, I make my money in volume. I don't make my money on one or two shipments. Yeah. And that's where people make the mistake, man, is they're trying to hold out and make $600 a load still, for example. And again, this is just all for conversation piece right now, mm -hmm. where if I'm gonna come in, I'm gonna, make my, I'm gonna make that exact same amount on three shipments now as opposed to one shipment. And I know that if I own a market and if I pay you and every other trucking company that runs those lanes, what they need, in time, I will have all the capacity in a freight market. No other broker will be able to compete with me because as a broker, what's my product? What's my commodity? Trucks. Yeah. And it's just a slow suffocation method that a lot of people don't want to apply because they want to get rich today, Sebastian. Mm -hmm. they, don't th they, they don't think about tomorrow until tomorrow comes. They're, not, they're, not, they're, they're very reactive in their approach. And frankly, it's like if you're gonna sit out there, the way that I see it, man, and, and I know a lot of drivers watch your stuff. If a broker can't tell you basic level information, not every customer's first come first serve, all right? Mm -hmm. Not every facility's first come first serve. Not every, you know, if they send you over a rate confirmation that doesn't even have an address on it, or it doesn't have the name of, of a facility on it, they, do, they probably don't even have the load, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And those yeah. are the same guys and girls that are badgering you and your drivers every five seconds for a fucking update. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. But tell me then, what is what's out there for brokers? Are there resources for brokers to be a better broker? Because it's it's all practice, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's all going to come in repetition. So how do you? What do you think? How do you? What is a good broker then? Like what? What's? Because again, I thinking about. I have no idea about that side of yeah. the business other than working with brokers, right? But, what, you know, yeah, repetition and experience. But at the same time, is there anything that you would see you would like to see better in the, in the brokerage industry? Yeah, man. I want to see people actually sell freight instead of posting it. Like, I think a good broker like this, man, if I'm going to talk to you, I want to know about your operation, all right? I want to know how many trucks you have in your fleet. Because, again, if I actually have freight, I'm not concerned about just today. I need to make sure that that load that comes across every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from my shipper, that you're gonna have coverage for that. Yeah. I wanna know how many trucks you have in your fleet. I wanna know what days of the week you're available. I wanna know what lanes you wanna run. I wanna know your why. Why do you wanna run Chicago to Nashville? Do you have a drop yard in, the, in, in Nashville? Are you based in Chicago? Do you have a relay, you know, a, a relay yard in Indianapolis? What are you, like, what's your operation look like? They're gonna ask, ask actual tangible questions. 
they're not going to be like, it picks here, it delivers here, this is what it weighs, this is what it pays. Because in my opinion, those guys probably don't even have the load. Mm. You know what I mean? But I want to know your why. Why do you want to run this lane for me? Because I'm not here to just cover today, man. I got 75 of these this month that I need to worry about covering. Yeah. And I want a truck that, or I want a trucking company that knows their operation. They have something there that makes them want to do these loads. And frankly, man, I want to know what you need to make you not look for other freight. Because that's why, dude, that's why the people fall off loads, man. I, like everybody on there, turbos and blown tires only increase during a broker's market. Yeah, of course. Because you found fucking $300 more on another load. You know, I yeah. want you to make money. And that's what a real broker is, man. I want you to make money. I want my customer to make money. And I want to make a little bit of money, you know, because I don't make money if trucks fall off because then my customers get pissed at me. They take my freight away and they give it to the next broker. Mm-hmm. All right. I, like I will gladly compress my margin percentage in a market like right now, knowing that in time, everybody else is just going to give up. Yeah. So what makes it? carrier that dependable carrier what could make some of the carriers that you know ask themselves the question like hey how do i create a long-term relationship with a broker like give me some examples like what they could do i know tracking is a big contention point Mm -hmm. but for me it's like a lot of just feeling feeling it out like i know that there's a bunch of animosity that's out there between carriers and brokers and it's it goes back and forth like again with a lot of my content, man, I could probably 100x my engagement if I only talked about the negative side of the industry because negativity is yeah. easier. Draws people in. You know? yeah. But I, won't, I don't want to talk about that. But what I think, you know, again, it's like to me, if you give me access to locations of your drivers, whether it be an e-log or a tracking, I don't have to call your driver. But you're going to feel me out too, man, because you're going to be like, hey, you're, I'm on tracking. Why did you call my driver seven times? I'm going to lay out in the, in the beginning, man, like, all right, here, here, you accepted my load for, for, for just conversation here, man. I'm going to tell you on the front end before I even send you on the rate confirmation, man, this is how the communication needs to go. I need to know when your driver's empty. I need to talk to your driver. I need to verify this information. I need to ensure that, hey, the driver does in fact have a 53-foot step deck with ramps and not a 53-foot step deck without ramps, or he's got a 53-foot flatbed or whatever that looks like. Yeah. And then we're going to break it down like, hey, when I'm talking to your driver, listen, can you, can you text me when you arrive at the shipper? I need a picture of the product when it's loaded up. I need to know that that's out there for your protection and for my protection. All right. I need to ensure because how many times do we go out there? and Oh, that wasn't like that when the truck left. Well, actually, it was. Here's your proof. You know, yeah. and it's also if this is a multi-day transit, listen, I just need I need a, a check call in those days in between pickup and delivery because as an early mentor in this industry told me, we deal with man, machine, and technology, and they all break down. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure you're doing all right. That's it. I want to make sure that, do you need anything from me? You know, because again, I'm, for, I'm behind a computer. Yeah. If you've never delivered to Nashville before, let me know, man. I can find you yeah. a, a truck stop that's close by or something yeah. like that. Let me do that work for you. And I feel like I'm going to let you know that stuff on the front end. And again, as, as a carrier, if you ask a lot of these brokers and they can't provide that information to you, I don't, I wouldn't want to work with them, Yeah, you know, because you guys are the ones who are out there doing the work, like the real work. Like, again, man, I was, I was raising a blue collar. I know what yeah. real work is, man. Yeah. Like I fucking sit in an air conditioned office yeah. and stuff like that. What, what can I do to make your life easier? So is this what you consult with other companies on? Is yeah. that what you tell them a lot? That's it, man. Do you, do you see a lot of that in the industry with, with people you work that, that they miss that? 
aspect. Of a lot of people miss it because a lot of, man, it's like what we were talking about on my podcast, man. It's, it's just that basic fundamental information that's not there. You know, it, it's only the 5,000 fleet trucks that are out there talking about the market and this and that and everything else under the sun. That doesn't necessarily apply to a mom and pop five truck operation, Yeah, you know? And it's like finding that direct access to shippers is huge, you know? And then, and it's also like, just because a load pays $6 a mile in one direction doesn't mean you're going to get anything yeah, get out of coming back, you know? Yeah. And it's like, to me, it's like, do you like setting up that, that region, you know? Cause that was the thing, man, like my old man did like, you know, again, cause he, he, he drove Minneapolis to New York city for 40 years yeah. every week. That's all he did. And then he'd, he'd grab partials on the way back or he'd grab something that paid great to come into Chicago. He'd drop in Chicago. My deadhead back up to Minneapolis because it just wasn't worth his time. Mm -hmm. But he made, you know, like he knew what his costs were. He knew his lanes that he would run and he would come back on. But my dad also was like, I got six empty feet. And he's like, I'll drive down there. I'll throw, you know, like yeah. one thing that he used to move was a ton of was airline freight. Like literally, like for whomever, he'd pick up in Philadelphia and he'd drop down here in Chicago and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like airline seats was something that yeah. he would bring back because it was just a couple, but those guys would pay money. He would pay attention to that stuff. Yeah. So who's your, tell me about your ideal customer, people that you work with uh, as far as consulting. Like what, who, who do you, who's your audience? Who's your customer? It's pretty much growth phase freight brokerages and trucking companies that are out there, man. A lot of it is, it's a lot of sales-based thing because again, it's like, how do I sell? How do I find a shipper? And, you know, and then another thing too, man, is, is a lot of my clients, they always like, they always like, oh, I want to sell. I want to sell more. Okay, well, what's your operations look like? How many carriers do you guys work with? How many carriers do you guys reload? What's your one-time carrier utilization percentage? Yeah. Most of them are 85, 90%, man. It's because they turn and burn. You can't grow a sales team if your operations can't cover the freight that you're currently moving, you know? So for me, it's like, let's start with operations. Let's solidify operations. Let's get that up and running. Then let's add more freight onto it. Because if you can't cover a thousand loads in a month, you're sure as shit aren't gonna be able to cover 2000 loads in a month. Yeah, yeah. What's your plan for the freight coach? What do you, how do you envision that for the next few years? What are you gonna do with that. Largest independent blue collar media company on earth, man. Nice. Making that blue collar sexy again. Yeah. I want, like, in my opinion, man, we got to bring an emphasis back to the working class, the hardworking men and women of this country that are the real backbone of this economy, not the fucking suits that are out there making policies that fuck us over and benefit themselves. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's like, man, there's so many good people that are out there in this in this world. Yeah. You know, that want that voice. You know, and that was the thing, man. Is it's like. I, my dad never came on any of my content. And this is like one of my big regrets. And it, it pains me this day because, you know, he passed away back in December. And he came on because, and like why, where a lot of my mentality switched, man, is because he, he essentially to the day he died, he was like, nobody gives a shit about truck drivers, Chris. That's why I'm not going to come on there and talk about anything because nothing will change. Like I'm on a fucking mission yeah. to make that a reality now, to bring respect back into this job. And I know that, you know, again, there's a lot of situations that happen that are perpetuated by behaviors, you know? And it's like, to me, it's like, man, start with you. If you wanna be a change, if you wanna be a difference, start with you. Yeah. For me to influence the industry or to do anything like that, man, I gotta, I gotta be at my best. I gotta talk about best practices, not how do I fuck somebody over to make an extra $5. Yeah, I like that. Tell me more, because you, you're going somewhere with this. Like, I hear 
that passion of making blue collar sexy again and it's it's well because but dude i'm from i'm from the working class man yeah. like Dude, I grew up, man, my first job was, well, my first real job was washing the rims on my dad's truck, like yeah. five years old, getting out there. Like, then this was, man, I actually said this at his funeral. I'll never forget this, man. I was, I was a little kid. I was probably like six or seven years old. He came home from driving. He's like, go wash your rims. And I'm like, I looked outside. I'm like, but dad, it's raining. And he looked me in the eye. He said, Chris, I didn't ask for a weather report. Yeah. You know, that was the thing is that like, that was that work ethic that was instilled in me from a very young age. That doesn't matter. You got to show up. You got to work. And, you know, like, again, man, like my, my first paid job was picking up trash, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. And, and it was always in what I was always taught was it doesn't matter what you do, just be fucking undeniably the best at it. And that's the mission that I'm on right now is I want people when people listen to my shit and my content and everything else and the information that I put out there and the companies that I'm building up, I want them to know, like, he's the fucking best at it. Like, there's mm -hmm. no question. Yeah. And for me, it's like bringing respect back to the people that put food on our table like man that they're just like there's no magic button that the shelves just miraculously get full at grocery yeah. stores and everything else and man it starts out with the farmers too the man who are the, the, those guys who are busting their ass planting fields it's you know the 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 train workers the rail workers that are out there fucking making sure that stuff gets put in the port workers all that shit man like yeah. dude like that's the folk that's where the focus needs to be yeah it's 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 not about you know again i'm not discrediting fucking what people do to make a buck but you know man in my opinion man the celebrities they don't give a fuck about any of uh, any yeah. of us yeah you know like yeah. i was just talking to my uber driver on the way down here you know man we were talking about that all that stuff man it's, it's like we're, we got to work together more and again like i know the kumbaya scenario doesn't necessarily exist that's out there but i feel like man if you respect what somebody else does more for you you're like that's not just a server you know like that person's bringing you a meal you know yeah. yeah no i agree it's it's the it's the recognition of the people that show up every day right yeah and and, and truckers showed up and i feel like because it exists in every almost every industry you have the service the restaurant business you have the truckers you have the hairdressers or hairstylists i mean there's it's almost every segment you're going to look at people that are grinding and you know it's like showing their story and maybe see, exposing the path that they're on and saying, hey, you could be happy doing this. Yeah. Right? You could be happy being a truck driver. Because, again, when I talk about mental, um, like, a lot of that stuff is hard, but could you be successful being, uh, is there a path for you to be successful in trucking? And I believe there is because 100%. that's exactly what, what my experience is, right? Yeah. You start from a truck and you keep going and, and build a small business for yourself and it'll build a, build a very comfortable, good life for yourself. But what, what needs to happen is that needs to be exposed somehow, right? Yeah. And it needs to be talked about like, hey, don't just uh, settle on being a driver. If you, especially when I talk to, you know, drivers, hey maybe consider buying a truck uh, one day and and a lot of drivers in my opinion the one the guys that went through my company are in my company they do talk about owning a truck but yeah. they're afraid to pull the trigger you know because it's, it's, i'm like i'm here to help i'll help you figure this out right i was gonna say some sometimes the best plan is is uh, zero options man you don't yeah. have a fucking choice yeah you know and that's kind of like what where i was with my company at the beginning of the pandemic nobody was hiring yeah. Are you kidding me? I, I had no option. And that's why I think like it's working though, is because I don't have a fucking plan B. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, like I'm all in on this stuff, Sebastian. Like there's no, there's no turning back. Like I'll never have a W two from anybody ever, ever, ever again. I don't think you're gonna get a job with swearing so much. Yeah, no, dude, that's exactly. Unless they start paying me to say fuck, man, then I'll become a billionaire overnight. A suicide prevention. Hello, uh, yeah. this is Chris. Yes. But tell me where people can find you. Uh, yeah. t- talk to me about your social media account, uh, website. Or what do you got going on? No, exactly, man. You can. Uh, my podcast is Coffee with a Freight Coach. It's available on iTunes and Spotify. We drop new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. My weekday live show where I break down industry headlines and actually provide insight into what a lot of this information is, is most importantly, which you can apply and utilize and see a difference in your business. That's uploaded onto the Coffee with the Freight Coach podcast audio only version. I go, it, it live streams on YouTube, which is just the Freight Coach. And again, you can find me on, if you type in the Freight Coach on any social media handle, you'll see me on there. That was one thing. And again, if you're going to start doing social media, own that tag on every social media platform yeah. right away. Go in there and just get it all done. That's yeah. the thing. It's a brand recognition, man. You also see me with the blaze orange polo and a backwards hat everywhere because, again, how do I stand out in a crowd? This is it. Yeah. Good, good. I got my United Bay Diesel hat too. I love it. Nothing else. So appreciate you, brother, for coming out, man. I appreciate I, you having uh, me. I'm looking forward to next next time. And thank you. Well, let's go get some drinks. Let's do it. Let's see you. All right.